Hello and welcome to the DNA Fat Loss Podcast. I'm your host, Nutritional, and in today's episode, I'm going to be discussing the importance of experimenting with foods, and that is at all ages. I discuss with Trisha Silverman, registered dietitian and certified wellness coach, how our body has evolved to eat and how we should move towards greater intuition within our diets. Let's dive right in. 21 times to basically change your mind about a food and I don't know 21 times it's easy for you it was five or so but often I think we're so um oh, I've tried it once I had a really bad experience and therefore I'll never touch it again I think there's a lot of that behavior ingrained in modern society um and then what you just shared then about how we should all be experimenting you know these healthy foods you know broccoli if it's overcooked and soggy and horrible I don't like broccoli right I'm a nutrition coach I'm a health coach I, I wouldn't eat broccoli like that but if it's for me al dente maybe a little bit of salt and pepper a little bit of olive oil I could eat that all day long right so yeah. the way in which it's cooked served and, and sort of um, presented can can have such a big impact and I love yeah. tip there sorry um where you shared you went to different restaurants to avoid the smell of it but then just to get the I guess almost like the best side of it so if you don't like food and you go to a restaurant and they're going to serve you that food they're probably going to give you it in a much more enjoyable form than you'll be able to cook yourself so i think that'd be a way of overcoming should we say the initial challenge or barrier of actually eating that that healthy food that you previously avoided so that's so it's so true because the restaurants are going to make it you know it's going to be the best when you get there and that was my thinking was like i know they're going to make it much better than than i ever would and to your point about the broccoli i remember growing up and my parents would buy the spinach and it was in like this frozen square container frozen spinach and it was like slimy and it, it wasn't vibrant at all it was like this very dark weird looking spinach and i thought ooh. And I love spinach now. And just like you said, when it's like not overcooked, vegetables are great. But I think people might not like them because of how they were prepared when they were kids. So I, I share that a lot with people. You, you know, it might have been the way you, it was prepared. And it doesn't take everyone 21 times, you know, as, as we've mentioned, but it definitely can take a few times. And with kids too, I think um, parents may not realize that you have to be patient and keep offering that same food for them to, to like it. And it's a lot of people will say to me, oh, you're lucky your kids eat you know, a lot of vegetables. It's not luck. It was just time and time and time again, exposing them to these foods and giving them little, like literally we have Thomas to train. They like Thomas to train us kids. So like if you try a new food, you'll get a Thomas the train. And then if they had bad behavior, we would take away a train. So we use trains as currency to get them to try different foods. And it, it, it really worked well. That is very funny. Very funny. Trains to, uh, <laughs> to train behavior. I think that's very smart. I mean, especially when, if you can get them to enjoy food at a young age, and they maintain that through the rest of their life you know the the return on investment there is is huge i always think the earlier on in life you you learn to enjoy let's say certain exercise or certain foods that's good for you and you build those habits then the return you get is over the entirety of your life so i think that's yeah you said something that i want to pull out about keto Uh, i'm not first i'm not a fan of keto um there will be 
potentially fans listening, but most sure. people probably not. Um, you made a brilliant point there. There's no culture in the world that eats keto. There's no culture in the world that eats keto. There's, yeah, that is such a <laughs> brilliant point because like the Mediterranean diet is, I guess, higher in fats than a lot of things, um, but it has a mix of all the other foods. Nowhere has evolved to just eat fats and therefore in an evolutionary standpoint, our bodies probably haven't evolved to just deal with, I don't know, 90% of our calories coming from foods such as that. When, and also what I find with when people eat that way, they go off. Oh, go on keto, but then you can have a cheat day or a cheat meal. What is that way of living? It's like you're going to eat really strange and then have a cheat day where then you go off the chart, you know, eating like real junk food, you know, you're eating carbs and, you know, but then you're eating a lot of junk. It's not like you're going off the diet to eat fruit. You're going off the diet to like eat junk food that you avoided. It's just a weird way of, it's just not a normal way of eating. And again, no culture eats that way. You can't go to keto land. You can go to the Mediterranean. You can go to Okinawa. You can't go to keto land. Um, and I, I think it's just, I think it's doing harm. Long term, that's not a good way to eat for your brain. Your brain runs really well in unsaturated fats. So if you're looking to have to prevent against Alzheimer's and dementia, you don't want to be eating all of that fat because eventually you're just eating too much saturated fat. Even if you pick the best sources of fat that you think are the best, when you have too much of it, not so great. Very true, very true. And to touch on something you said there, um, tapping into your intuition, moving away from, I guess this really comes down to moving away from kind of strict food rules and almost external rules and sort of things like that. And instead focusing on internally, you know, when I eat omega-3s and salmon and foods like that, I feel great. I feel good. My body functions well. Um, I think that's such an important point that you raised around intuition. There, there's a lot that that is important about intuition and mindful eating that can really help people. And one of the things is just feeling full because in, in the U.S., we're kind of taught to eat to your full and beyond full the way, you know, fast food commercial was on the other day and it's, you know, really pushing to like, oh, you can value size your meal and, you know, and, and just for a dollar, you can get this and, and it's junk food that they're, that's being pushed. And so we have this thing of, you know, being full here and in Okinawa, they do something called harahachi boo, which is eating to your 80% full. And the, the next question you might be thinking to yourself, well, how do you know? Well, that's, it's the way they describe it is leaving a little room in your belly. So eating till you're gently satisfied. And what you can do to kind of realize that is when you're kind of contemplating, should I have another serving or another scoop? But you maybe know you shouldn't because you're trying to manage your weight. That's a good time to say, you know what? You probably did have enough. Are you gently satisfied? And to know that it's good to tune in, close your eyes if you can tune into your body. Is it your stomach asking for more food or is it your mouth that wants to taste more food? Or is it, yeah, your head. So what, what, what are you trying to feed? And, um, you know, kind of closing your eyes and breathing, tuning into your breath, tuning into how your feet are touching the floor, how your body's touching the chair, are your hands cold or warm? When you start to tune into your body and your senses, you can, can feel more, you know, 
what's going on here? Do I really need this food? And many of us are so checked out, especially with COVID, people are drinking more and they're eating more to kind of soothe themselves. And earlier today, I put, it's a little chilly here. I'm in the Boston area in Massachusetts in the US. And I put a scarf around my neck because I was about to go out, but then I had a lot of things to do. And I left the scarf on just as I was doing other things. And I thought, this feels really soothing. Maybe I need to do this more often. It felt just really nice. So sometimes we need to think about what other things can we soothe ourselves with? And that can be a warm blanket and maybe turning up the heat a little bit or just putting extra layers on. Um, I teach self-compassion to people too, which is giving yourself a little, a little arm squeeze or hands over heart or a little hug. That can feel good. And if you're out somewhere and you, you do this, no one knows you're hugging yourself. They think you, you know, you're kind of stretching out a little bit. Um, but these things are kind of inputs to our bodies that can make you feel really good and kind of tap into your, your senses. So you realize there's other things going on and it, and it feeds your body in, in other ways rather than just always thinking that you have to feed through food or, or alcohol. That's a great point. And I guess this is really talking about physical hunger and emotional hunger that there are so many ways to satisfy our emotional side, I guess. Um, you know, compassion, doing things you love. I always say like arts and crafts or listening to music, playing an instrument. <laughs> it's, it seems really silly advice in a way, but when you're 80% full, rather than going for another serving of food, go and play guitar, go and play piano, right? <laughs> One, it takes your mind off yeah. things. And right. that's, yeah, it, it's so true. And I do tell them exactly what you're saying. Like, try to get yourself out of the kitchen onto another activity. And it's, I like that, like playing the guitar, playing music. Because I usually say, you know, go do something. But that is a great thing to do, playing, you know, an instrument. Because you can get really lost. If, you, if you're a musician, you can get lost in that music. So that's a, that's a great tip. Thank you, Alex. <laughs> I say that as a uh, guitarist myself. Oh, awesome. <laughs> That's great. That's great. I hope you enjoyed today's podcast. Thank you so much for listening. If you want more goodness, here are a few things that you can do next. First and most obviously, you can check out more episodes. Secondly, you can connect with me on LinkedIn by searching Alex Hall DNA Fat Loss Coach or by going to www.linkedin.com forward slash in slash Alex DNA Fat Loss Coach. That's linkedin.com slash in slash Alex DNA Fat Loss Coach. Look, I'm not going to hard sell you just because you connect with me. But if I can help and you're curious to learn more about my programs, just drop me a message and I'll share the details. There's no pitch, just the full info so you can make an informed and empowered decision. I look forward to connecting with you.